Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Indie Talk Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Paul Martinez, and we're gonna we're a little late running here. I wanted to uh, have the show up a couple of days ago, but sometimes life gets in the way, as we say. What we're gonna do today? I know we were, I was saying earlier uh, in some podcasts that we were gonna do a ladies' night where we were gonna do both uh, the Shimmer and the Shine show. I'm gonna be honest; I just haven't had the time. To watch the Shine Show, I did. I had watched the Shimmer a while ago. So what we're gonna do today, we're gonna review that Shimmer Show from back in April, and we're going to also review Lucha Underground from May. That would have been May sixth, uh, Lucha Underground. So we're gonna review those two shows, and by the end of the weekend, I hope to review uh, Ring of Honor and the newest. Lucha Underground, and then hopefully sometime in the following week, we'll try to get that Shimmer and maybe that Evolving, as well as, of course, the Ring of Honor New Japan shows that uh, I will be reviewing. You know, you'll be able to hear those on my other podcast, Strong Style uh, Wrestling Podcast, or uh, I'll probably, as I said, I'll probably post one of them here uh, to try to cross-promote both podcasts. But let's get right into Shimmer 71, which took place during the WrestleMania weekend. And what this was was the Chick Fight Tournament. Chick Fight was a women's promotion, basically, which was all in tournament form. Like, every show was a one-night tournament. And uh, the promotion closed in 2008. But Shimmer is paying homage with this one-night tournament that they held during the, I believe it was the day before WrestleMania. And so we'll go right into it for the opening round. Opening match was Portia Perez versus Evie. Uh, Perez is one half of the Canadian Ninjas, which is one of my favorite female acts. Evie is a relative newcomer. She's from New Zealand, but little I've seen her was impressive. And uh, Evie comes out of this match firing out the gate with a few roll-ups and uh, a couple near falls. A shot to the throat puts an end to that, as uh, <laughs> my girl Portia is known to uh, bend the rules. Portia beats it down for a bit, but Evie tries to come back and hit this running boot that she does in the corner. It kind of makes this run where she runs around the edge of the ring and hits this uh, running kick to the head. And uh, she tried that, but she missed. And Portia ends up hitting a big neck breaker for a two count. Easy mounts to come back. She has Perez on the ropes there for a while. And then outruns Shimmer Champion and the other half of the Canadian Ninjas, Nicole Matthews. As he tries to distract Evie, but when Portia tries to attack from behind, she accidentally clobbers Nicole instead. Evie grabs her, hits the TTYL, and it's over. The TTYL. The TTYL is uh, basically, it's kind of like a GTS, except instead of a knee, it's a kick. Still looks pretty damn good. And uh, that ended the match and ended the uh, night for Portia Perez, at least ended her wrestling night. And uh, gave the match two and a half stars. This is one of Portia's better efforts. Um, As much as I love Portia Perez, I think she has a tremendous charisma and the character she's not always great in the ring 
But uh, she, she put in a lot of effort in this match. And this girl, Evie, I like her. She, she definitely has, like I said, she's pretty new. But uh, she definitely has uh, a big ceiling. You can see it right away with this girl. Our next match, Candice LeRae versus Nicole Savoy. Candice has been around the Indies for a while. Nicole Savoy is a relative newcomer. I don't know much about her. This was, in fact, the first time I've ever seen Nicole wrestle. Uh, Nicole is healing it up right from the start in this match. Candice is a good worker, and she shows that with her repertoire. She has a lot of strike striking moves, as well as some very good chain wrestling ability. Candice winds up locking her a cross face, but Savoy powers her up, hits a TKO for a two count. Uh, Larray winds up fighting back and executes a really nice rope walk into a swinging DDT for another near fall. That was a really nice move by Larray. Savoy then hits this sloppy German suplex, uh, then a roundhouse kick, and then finishes Larray with a slightly less sloppy Tiger suplex. She gets the win. Uh, two stars. Uh, Larray is quite good. If you don't know Candice Larray and you're a fan of women's wrestling, uh, you need to look her up. She's a really, really good worker. Uh, Savoy is quite green. I really don't know what... There was parts of the match that she seemed okay in, and then other parts, like especially those suplexes, where she looked like she needed a lot of work and maybe it was a little dangerous. So uh, I'm not sure about my feelings on Miss Savoy yet, but we'll see her again later in the tournament as she won here. Then we get two of my... Uh, Favorite characters, as I call them. Uh, Nikki Storm from Scotland versus Cherry Bomb. A lot of comedy in this match, and unfortunately most of it was bad. Uh, not much in the way of Matt wrestling with these two. Uh, lots of forearms, shoves, chops. A couple of near falls. Uh, Nikki blocks a kick from Cherry and turns it into a fisherman neckbreaker and gets the win. It was That was a really... Nice ending to an otherwise poor match. I give it one and a half stars. Just not a great match. It was too much bad comedy and both girls were sloppy. I still love both the characters and I still think both of them are very easy on the eyes. But they need to show up their in-ring stuff. Um, I mean, Nikki's, Nikki's character is really more of a brawler anyway. But I think Cherry, who... I, I want Cherry to be good. I wish Cherry was so much better than she is in the ring because she has tons of charisma. She is really, really pretty girl. And it's just, I, I, every time I see her, I'm just like, uh, I'm hoping to see more improvement out of her. And she has improved from when I first saw her. There's no doubt that she has improved. I was just hoping she's improved more than she has. But she's still fairly young, and uh, we'll see how... Her career turns out as things move on. Our next match, Kimberly versus Kaylee Ray. Kimberly is one half of the Kimber Bombs with Cherry Bomb and is uh, the better worker of the two. Also a, a, an attractive woman, although I tend to think that Cherry is... Uh, let's say about Cherry Bomb. I don't know. There's something about her uh, I enjoy. Uh the Kimber's, Kimber's good, uh, and like I said, she's probably a little better in the ring. Kaylee Ray is from Scotland, also, 
This is my first time seeing her, so I really don't know anything about her. She has uh, some bright red hair, which is uh, nice. It's always uh, always nice to have a little bit of a different look than most of the other girls. And what we have here is the class of styles, as it seems Kaylee likes to fly. And Kimber prefers things down on the mat, where she could work over body part. Kimber's more of a, a mat-based wrestler. Uh, after nailing a big front kick, Kimber has things in control. There's a bunch of counters, and then Ray connects on a gory bomb for a two count. Nicely done. She tries to go up top, but Kimber meets her there, hits a textbook superplex. She follows up a swanton off the top, which I thought, I, I, when it happened, I thought the swanton didn't hit that well. Uh, but Katie reverses the pin right into a side cradle. Gets the win. I gave the match two and a half stars. Kaylee Ray definitely uh, uh, showed me something. She, she's a little green also, but she's not bad at all. And uh, it was a solid match, especially for Kimberly. Kimberly really wrestled a good match here, and Kaylee wasn't bad. So Kimberly's another girl. If uh, you know, I I am a fan of women's wrestling, and I will try to tell you about you know. There's girls that you should try to find. One beautiful thing about YouTube is you can find a lot of women's matches on there. And I always try to let uh, my friends know who enjoy women's wrestling. Uh, you know, certain uh, wrestlers out there that uh, they should try to look out for and try to watch some of the matches. And Kimberly is one of them. Of course, Kimberly was involved in that horrific uh, bump that she took wrestling a man, which caused all the drama where she took a German suplex and sent her flying into a post which I thought was just one of the most, uh, what's the word? I can't even think of the word, but, you know, that's one of the worst examples of, uh, you know, when you're trying to protect people that you're working with in the ring. If you heard my podcast when I spoke about that a couple of months ago, <laughs> I almost lost my voice uh, screaming about it. But uh, that's the same Kimberly, but... Uh, Check her out. She's definitely, definitely a, a, a above average worker in the business. And then we move on to Mia Yim versus Athena. And I was looking forward to this. Mia coming in as my dark horse to win this whole thing. Athena drop kicks Mia to the floor, then follows of a suicide dive, then does it two more times. Uh, Yim battles back with some stiff kicks. Uh, a little later, Athena wants up hitting a fisherman suplex for a near fall. And after that, Athena's kind of in control for a bit, as Mia's selling for her. Uh, Mia winds up firing back with some huge forearms. And blasts Athena. Uh, Athena winds up returning the favor. And then they just start going toe-for-toe, -toe, uh, trading forearms, a la New Japan Pro Wrestling, strong style. They did a little strong style action here, and the fans loved it. Mia then lands a headbutt, and both women is dropped to the mat. Uh, they start trading some more strikes, and then Athena executes a leg trap overhead suplex. Very, very impressive move. She tries to follow up with a senton, but misses. Released German by Mia Yim. She covers, gets a two count. Athena 
then hits a top rope stunner, which is one of her signature moves. She covers, but Mia gets her foot on the ropes. Mia wants to coming back, hitting the package power driver. Then the 450 splash for the victory as he moves on to round two. Three and a half stars. This was a great match by two of the best uh, the women's division has to offer. At this point, I was uh, all in on Yim winning this tournament. Mia is really, really, she's come a long way. I have been watching Mia Yim since before probably 90% of the people who know who she is are. I was constantly YouTubing her matches and stuff. I've always been a fan of hers. I think back when she was like 20 years old or so breaking into the business. And uh, her times with Wing of Honor as Princess Mia uh, up to now being in TNA Impact, which I don't watch, but now that I've heard that she's in TNA, I actually am trying to seek out her Impact matches. Like I said, I'm a big Mia Yim fan. Uh, as And for Athena, this girl Athena is one of the hottest new women in the sport today. She's another girl. Look up her matches. She is a really, really good worker, especially for someone who is relatively new to the business. I'm not going to call her a rookie, but she's relatively new, and she is really like, I mean, again, when I tell you this, this is not women's wrestling like the Divas. <laughs> Trust me, uh, the Divas, it would be embarrassed to get in the ring with girls like this. You know, they say, uh, give the Divas a chance. No, you can't give the Divas a chance because they weren't hired to be wrestlers. They were hired to look good. Uh, you want to see women's wrestling, you want women's wrestling to get some proper do. Check out promoters like Shimmer and Shine and check out women like Mia Yim and Athena and uh, you'll see how good. Of course, a lot of the Joshi promotions also, which are Joshi, if you don't know, is uh, what they call Japanese women's wrestling. And... Uh, there's also some tremendous workers out there. So if you want to see great women's wrestling, don't bother with the Divas. Uh, listen to me. I'll put you on the right path. Okay, we're going to our last first-round match. And, wow, look, look at this match. Jessica Havoc versus cheerleader Melissa. Arguably two of the best American women pro wrestlers today. Although I would say Mercedes Martinez has to be considered in that discussion. As a... Uh, I kind of think Mercedes might be the best women's wrestler in the world, especially with Sarah Del Rey pretty much uh, hanging up her boots to train in WWE. Match starts, they circle one another, uh, then Havoc extends her hand. Melissa pauses, then accepts it. Havoc pulls her in face to face, saying something the fans uh, can't hear, and gives her a little shove, a little intimidation there. Match continues, and Melissa hits a neckbreaker. Uh, then Havoc nails a knee strike and a suplex. Melissa hits a flurry of uh, not the best-looking body blows. Uh, Melissa gets her down and hits a series of axe kicks, which looks much better. By the way, early on, the fans were really into Melissa. Uh, this show took place in California. Melissa is a staple of California indies and also... Chick fight, uh, Melissa, I believe, was the only woman who appeared in every chick fight tournament uh, when it was around. So, you had to think uh, coming into this, she had to be the favorite. Back to the match, it's much more of a brawl, I should say, than a wrestling match. 
Uh, Melissa is surprisingly holding her own in that aspect. I don't want to use the word beast when I talk about a woman, but Jessica Havoc, she's just, uh, she's beasting, as they say, in, in the rings. She's very intimidating presence. Uh, but Melissa, gotta be honest, has really dominated this match. She nails three curb stops, then another axe kick. Start to think, you know, Jessica's done here, but then Jessica cut back a flurry of hard strikes. They start trading elbow smashes. Uh, Havoc drives Melissa to the corner and charges, but eats a boot to the face. Missile drop kick by Melissa. She looked unsteady on, up on the ropes there. I don't think that's Melissa's game. But even for the Melissa drop kick, Havoc doesn't go down. She charges Melissa again, but Melissa winds up rolling a rope and uh, gets her feet on the ropes and gets the win. Two stars. And, and I'm going to explain why. Because as I'm sitting here and I'm describing the match, it probably sounds a lot better than it was. Uh, I expected a lot more from these two. Melissa seemed off her game here. And Havoc looked like she wasn't that into it either, to be honest. I'm not going to blame Havoc, though. I, and I hate to say this because I'm a huge fan of hers. But if I had to put blame, I'd put more of it on Melissa. She just seemed very, her timing seemed off. She just, her striking. Um, I've never thought Melissa was a great striker. Um, she does, I do like her axe kick. But overall, Melissa is much better as a mat wrestler. Applying submission holds. That's what Melissa's uh, repertoire really is. Uh, not in a stand-up type of battle. Uh, and that's what this was, and I just think it didn't play to her strengths, and it showed. And uh, Jessica, I don't know. I don't know. Jessica just didn't seem. I see Jessica Havoc in some some matches that would, you know, wow you, but uh, that just didn't happen here. So I was a little disappointed in the match, which is why I gave it two stars. And we go to the second round, and it's Nicole Savoy versus Evie. Uh, early on, Evie goes for a leapfrog, and Savoy catches her leg in midair and locks on an ankle lock. Very impressive spot. Uh, bridging German uh, by Nicole for a near fall. And Savoy really starts to dominate this match, applying a lot of submission holds. Uh, they had mentioned that she has MMA training, and it kind of shows. Because down on the mat, a uh, completely different uh, wrestler. Evie is able to hit a really nice missile drop kick to break the momentum. Backbreaker by Evie. She gets a two count. Then Savoy comes back, hits a leg cradle suplex for a near fall. Absolutely beautiful bridging German for another two count by Savoy. As we talked about the first match, he hit one of the sloppiest Germans I've ever seen. Well, <laughs> I guess he got either... Either it was just a total slip up or she got told something in the back. I don't know. But you can't believe that the same girl did both these Germans. One was horrible looking and this one, textbook. She gets a two count on that. They wind up both going up on the ropes. They're fighting up there on the ropes. Savoy gets hung up kind of in a, in a two-year row type of a situation as Evie's on the top. She hits a devastating double foot stomp on her. Drags away from the ropes and gets the win. Uh, this was, I gave this match three stars. This was really, I really enjoyed this match. 
the Colts avoid looked much better in this match. I don't know, you know, in that first match. I can't blame Candace Array. Candace is a great worker. Maybe it was nerves. I'm not sure. But it was just a style of match and how they booked it. But Savoy looked so much better here in a losing effort. And Evie, Evie is definitely uh, impressive. Our next second round match, Nikki Storm versus Kaylee Ray. And they are here two women, both hailing from Glasgow, Scotland. Now, Nikki likes to talk a lot before the match and grab the mic. And unfortunately, and I notice this a lot during shows during WrestleMania weekend, where people will try to cut in-ring stuff and can't understand them. And Nikki is especially hard to understand because she has a very thick Scottish accent. I think she's cute as, as all hell. I really do. I really find her to be cute. But uh, I just couldn't understand what she was saying. The only thing I did catch out of it was that Nikki was from the, you know, more affluent part of Glasgow, while Katie Ray was from the, you know, dirty, poor section of Glasgow. I've never been to Glasgow, but uh, they made it sound, the announcers, uh, I think Portia Perez and Dave Prezak were the announcers for this, that there is no <laughs> uh, affluent section of Glasgow. I'll take their word for it. Match starts, and Nikki's using a lot of roughhouse tactics, which is Nikki's game. Does hit a vertical suplex for a two count. Then they go back and forth to trade a few near falls. Kaylee hits another gory bomb. She really does that move well and goes up top. She hits a rather soft-looking swanton, but it's enough. She gets the pin. Uh, two stars. It was okay. Nothing special. Kaylee doesn't change my opinion of her. I think... She's got a lot of potential. She's not bad. She's not sloppy. She's not eye-catching either. She's like a solid hand almost. Nikki definitely is a brawler and more of a character and charisma than actual in-ring skill. Uh, but I like her. I just like Nikki Storm. I, I'm a Nikki Storm fan. Yeah, that, that, you know, good match. Good match. Nothing special. Two stars. Our next match, cheerleader Melissa versus Mia Yim. Here's another, wow, dream matchup. Uh, Melissa keeps this match on the mat early on, which as I said before, I think this is where her strength lies. That's where Melissa looks good. Uh, she wrestles a very methodical match, Melissa, uh, taking her time, really working as a total heel now at this point. And Mia does catch her in a tarantula, which is nicely done. Leah gets Melissa in the corner, hits a running boot, then a backsplash, goes for another corner attack, but Melissa pulls the ref into the way, so the ref gets taken out by Yim accidentally. Melissa attacks from behind when Jessica Havoc runs in and attacks Melissa. The ref had to disqualify Yim because of the attack. A two and a half stars. Uh, Melissa is much better, as I said, in a map-based match. She looked much better here than she did in the opening match. And the match would have been, uh, I would it probably could have gotten three or even three and a half stars if it would have went to a conclusion. But unfortunately, I guess they didn't want to beat Mia Yim, who was really red hot in the promotion. And I can understand that. This is the way to not have her win the tournament, but not have her look bad in it happening. So I can understand the booking on that. Before we get to our final, 
we have Nicole Matthews, the Shimmer Champion, defending the title against Tomoka Nakagawa. As I said earlier, Nicole is one half of the Canadian Ninjas with Portia Perez. Nakagawa's a veteran of Joshi. Uh, she is scheduled to retire in just two weeks from the uh, this match. Not from when you're hearing this podcast. By now she's retired. But two weeks from this match. And along with Kelly Skater, at this time, she was the Shimmer Tag Team Champion. And so her her talk was that she wanted to retire as both Shimmer Tag Champion and Shimmer Heavyweight Champion. And this was her shot to do that. Uh, this is all Nicole Matthews early on. She gets Nakagawa on the outside of the ring. Really inflicts some damage to her back out there. Uh, they get back in the ring. Nicole continues to focus her attack on the back of the challenger. Nicole blatantly breaking the rules. Um, you know, the, the, you know the, the ninjas are heels. And they're one of the biggest heels in uh, Shimmer history. And so, you know, Nicole just runs with it. The ref is admonish, admonishing Nicole at one point. She tells him, hey, if you don't like it, disqualify me. I don't care. Nicole continues her dominance for a bit. Nakagana finally mounts some offense, finally. As he does a snap mare basement drop, drop kick combo, which is really nice. Uh, but Nicole winds up going outside the ring and again regains the advantage out there. They're back in the ring. Nicole hits some vicious corner strikes. Nakagawa answers with a jump up and Siguri. Uh, Nicole answers that with a beautiful release German suplex. Nakagawa comes back, hits a fisherman suplex for a near fall. Then Nicole comes back, there's a brain buster for another two count. These two girls are going back and forth. Out comes Portia Perez with a steel chair. She slides it in the ring as the ref starts to yell at her while she's doing out there. Nicole tries a belt shot while all this is happening, but misses. Nakagawa does a schoolgirl on her, but the ref is busy dealing with Portia on the outside. Uh, when he finally comes to count, Nakagawa kicks out of two. I should say Matthews kicks out of two. Nakagawa winds up hitting another Enziguri. She covers, but again, here's Portia on the apron distracting the referee. While this is happening, Matthews is able to blast her with the chair, which for some reason the ref never kicked out of the ring and was lying the whole time. Then hits her finisher, the Vancouver Maneuver, which is like a rolling cutter. And one, two, three. She retains three and a half stars. Uh, match of the night. A uh, very well booked match. I would have liked to have seen a little more of Nakagawa's move set, but it was still a good match. You know, Nicole, I guess, looks like her next challenger will be whoever wins the finals here, which is a three way match. Uh, it's an elimination match. Kaylee Ray versus Cheerleader Melissa versus Evie. Uh, Melissa is in control of the match early on, really taking it to both women. When we hear Jessica Havoc's music start to play, but she never comes out. So, you know, we take it as mind games. Melissa's back in control, beating down Kaylee and, Mel- and uh, Sister Evie. And all of a sudden, the music plays again. This time, Jessica walks out on the stage. So Melissa's ready for her. Melissa's like, you know, come on, let's do this. But Evie grabs her from behind, rams her head into the turnbuckle, then hits that, you know, running head kick that I talked about earlier. She covers, 
While she's covering, Katie goes up the top, hits a swanton on top of both of them, also covers one, two, three. Melissa's eliminated. Melissa's furious, uh, leaves the ring and runs to the back to try to confront Jessica. Meanwhile, Evie and Kay are out on the apron trading kicks. They both land, uh, you know, hard kicks and fall to the floor. They fight on the outside for a bit. Ray heads back in the ring, only to hit a beautiful dive out on Evie. Uh, Katie Ray is pretty much in control at this point, hitting vicious chops to Evie. Evie finally uh, turns it around, returns the favor with some chops of her own. Uh, then Evie hits a drop kick, followed by that running head kick again. She gets a two count. Katie hits her gory bomb once again for the third straight match. And she gets a near fall out of that. Kay, uh, Evie comes back, catches Katie on her shoulders, hits the TTYL. But uh, Kaylee, when she landed, falls under the ropes. So from the apron, as Katie drags herself out, she hits a roundhouse kick to the head, then a springboard drop kick. She goes up top, hits the swanton, and wins the chick fight tournament. Two and a half stars. Um, okay, but I didn't think tournament final worthy, as it was not the best match. You know, usually you want to see the finals of a tournament be the best match of it, and it wasn't. But it wasn't a bad match at all. Uh, I like Evie, and Kaylee, as I said, is solid. Um, I can't really say anything bad about uh, Kaylee Ray. I look forward to seeing how she does against Nicole Matthews. And uh, Evie, Evie, I think, is somebody you're going to be hearing a lot of in the future. And uh, it was a good show. Well, like as I said, this will be way better than any Divas crap you see. Check out these girls if you can. You know, look for them on YouTube if you can't get Shimmer. And uh, if you like the women's wrestling, uh, these girls are, are, are very fun to watch. Now let's get to Lucha Underground. This is episode 26. As I said, took place on May 6, 2015. The show opens in Dario's office. In walks Alberto Apatron and Johnny Mundo. They both feel slighted that Hernandez is getting a title shot before either of them. And after some bickering, Dario agrees. He books Alberto versus Mundo uh, tonight. And the winner will get Hernandez next week in a number one contenders match. How is he going to explain this to Hernandez, I wonder. Uh, but I do like how everyone here in Lucha Underground wants to be champion. You know, Puma's the champion and everybody wants a piece of him. Whether you're a baby face or a heel, everybody wants to be champion. Uh, and that's the driving force. And that's the way it should be. I, I talked about this on our earlier show. I never understood why if a baby face was champion, no other baby face seemed to want to be champion. Never makes any sense. Everybody should always want to be champion no matter who the champion is. It's just logical. We go to an opening match. Melissa, uh, Melissa Santos... Uh, introduces its Cortez Castro and Mr. Cisco of the crew as they take on Son of Havoc and Angelico. Of course, to see your two-thirds of our trio's champions. And the third member, Ivelisse, is ringside with her foot in the cast. Bale is also ringside as the third member of the crew. Uh, the champs are still not working together. They're still bickering even during the match. 
Angelico in this matchup hits a really uh, nifty offense, some really nice flying knees, uh, interesting kicks. Uh, Angelico, I wasn't that high on him in the beginning when he first came around, but he's been winning me over. He's got uh, some really, really nice offense. He hits a 360 knee strike. Really nice. Vampiro even liked it. Son of Havoc hits a Isai Moonsault and takes a scary spill where he looks like his head might have hit the edge of the concrete steps. Very lucky that they get injured there. Well, actually, he stayed down a while, so he might have been hurt. Jellico hits a beautiful somersault dive in the meantime. But the crew come back in as uh, Son of Havoc is still down. They hit a nice double team move to start to gain the advantage. Havoc does get back on the ring apron, does a blind tag. Hits a springboard cross body on both men. Then a Superman punched the bail who got on the apron. But as he turns, the crew hits the finisher, which I believe Striker now called the Psycho Realm. Not sure the meaning of that name, but uh, you know they needed a name for that finisher as I've been calling for for weeks. And uh, they get the win. Three stars. Fun match with some really nice spots in it. After the break, we come back into Dario's office and we see Davari, who uh, I talked about, has been in the crowd for a couple of weeks and, of course, attacked Dehano uh, a couple of weeks ago. He's in the office. He's like just texting on his cell, practically paying Dario no mind. Dario doesn't seem to like this. He makes a comment that, you know, Davari is rich and why would he want to fight in the temple? But Davari tells. Dario that he likes the Watts violence, but he he likes to inflict it. But Dario says okay, and his first match is next against Dahano. Navarro swigs his drink of satisfaction and goes to the ring for the match. But before we get to that match, we're back in the locker area of the catacombs and Puma and Conan come upon Hernandez. And they are both unhappy on how Hernandez involved himself in uh, Puma's match last week with Drago. And Conan warns Hernandez not to try to screw them. In walks Dario, who informs Hernandez that he must face the winner of Mundo versus Al Patron. As I expect, Hernandez is pissed. But Dario tells him, well, you know, to make it up to you, tonight you'll team up with Puma. Because I know you want to get your hands on him. Versus Cage and Crypto. This made absolutely no sense. He wants to get his hands on Puma, so he made him a tag team partner. It made no sense to me at all. And somehow Hernandez was like okay with this. Sometimes I'm telling you, I think Dario has mind control powers. It's not the first time I've heard Dario come up with an absolute ridiculous uh, explanation of why he does things and have wrestlers just say, oh, okay. We go to the ring. And as I talked about, it's going to be Tejano versus Delavar Davari, as he's now being called. It's a new first name, but he's still Davari. Tejano enters the ring, uh, just runs in the ring. Melissa South actually, while she's announcing him, sees him just racing to the ring and actually lets out a oh shit and runs, drops the mic and just runs out the ring. Tejano is going crazy. He's all over Davari. The ref tries to get in between. He gets tossed away. They're brawling all over the floor. Davari grabs the microphone and hits Tejano in the face with it and escapes. You know, no rating for this. It's really a no contest. 
you know, that is one thing I kind of like where Tejano's pissed. He's pissed at what Davari did to him. And he'd come in the ring and sit there and uh, try to, you know, lock up. He came in the ring and tried to kill the man. And again, this is just more in the way of what I talked about with Lucha Underground. That a lot more of this stuff, this is reality, you know, based. Uh, uh, yes, it's not real. But it's more logical in most cases. It's Puma and Hernandez versus Cage and King Cuerno. Puma starts off and has some great offense. Uh, Puma is just so amazing in the ring. Hits the copter bomb on Cuerno. In comes Hernandez. Hernandez press slams Cuerno over the top onto Cage, who's on the floor. Then hits the super mech dive out on both of them. Uh, then we get a great sequence. Uh, see if I can remember correctly. Puma hits a roundhouse kick on Cage. Cuerno drop kicks Puma. Hernandez hits his big body tackle on Cuerno. Cage catches Hernandez with a discus lariat. Uh, so it does total carnage. Then Cuerno goes for his arrow from hell. Hernandez, who was looked like he was gonna be the victim of it, actually pulls Puma in the way, and he gets blasted by it. Then Hernandez starts attacking Puma. And gives him a border toss onto the corner of the ring. Ugh, I hate seeing spots like that. I really do. You know, Cuerno tosses Puma in the ring. Cage his weapon X and pins the champion. Uh, of course, tag match, so there's no uh, title change. But it looks good for Cage getting another pin on Puma. Uh, gave the match three stars. Puma was really great in this one until Hernandez uh, pulled his heel turn. Which was no surprise, and you know anybody with you know two eyes uh, knew that this was coming. It was been obvious for a few weeks, and that it was turning on him. Uh, we go uh, back from the break, and we see Black Lotus, and she wants to leave wherever this place is being kept to gain her revenge. But the man in the green mask says no. He tells her he doesn't want her to die like her parents died. She doesn't care. So he says, well, if you could take him down, she can go. But she fails again. And uh, dejected, she resigns to keep practicing. And the man in the green mask tries to make a comment like, when, when, you're, when I'm done with you here, you'll be unbeatable. Now we head to the ring for our main event. It's Alberto Apatron versus Johnny Mundo. Uh, the crowd is beyond hype for this one. They're, I would say mostly for Alberto, 65-35, I'd say, for Alberto. I mean, Johnny has got some fans in the ring, in the ringside area also, but this is an Alberto crowd. There's a spot early on where Mundo catapults himself over the top rope, like to the floor, to avoid a charging Alpatron. But I guess he didn't see the ring steps there. Landed very awkwardly, actually broke the ring steps. I thought may have broke his ankle. Apparently that didn't happen, but uh Alberto then follows with a suicide dive out on him, which connects, but he hits his head right into the guard railing. So that kind of knocked uh, Alberto out for a minute. So they're both down for a bit. And after they both take some time to recover and they get back in the ring, Johnny somehow tosses Alpatron out again, 
then hits a spinning corkscrew plancha on him. They uh, battle back into the ring. Johnny goes up top rope looking for something, but Alberto stops him and hits that uh, inverted superplex that I love. Just love that move. It's just can't believe that not a, a finish. Gets a near fall out of it. Uh, they wind up trading a few pin attempts. And Johnny hits a beautiful running knee strike. He follows with Latine Mundo. But no, Alberto kicks out and the fans pop for this. Uh, Johnny is visibly upset. Goes to pick Alberto up. Albertone locks him in the cross arm breaker. Johnny looks like he's going to tap, but he rolls over, hooks the bottom rope of his feet. The fans uh, give a great round of applause to this. They are loving this match. They are this is awesome chance. They are this is wrestling chance. This is a really, really a great, great main event. Alberto gets Johnny in the corner, hits some vicious kicks on that injured arm, puts him in the tree of woe, hits a few more hard kicks, and he goes to try to spear the rope-hung Johnny. But Johnny pulls himself up at the last second. Alberto misses, crashes right into the post. Johnny gets himself free, climbs to the top rope, hits a double stomp to the back of Alberto. He covers, and Albatro grabs the bottom rope at the last second. Again, a great pop from the crowd. Another, another amazing near fall here. Johnny winds up going for that second rope springboard kick he does, but Alberto does a front roll and evades it, then nails his super kick. He covers for the three count. Wow, what a great match. Four stars. Both these guys worked their tails off in this one. And uh, that, that sets up Johnny Mundo to face... I'm sorry. The, I'm really off my... I'm off my game today. Um, that sets up Alberto Alpatron to face Hernandez next week uh, with the winner getting a shot at Puma. That's to be a really good match. We're about to sign off, but before we go, we get a video where we see a coffin. And we hear Katrina talking. And uh, she's there, and she actually has that rock from Mil Muentes. And she's talking about how death is a new life for him. And him, you see it's Mil Muentes in the casket. Uh, Katrina tells him to rise again. Uh, his eyes open as the show ends. I'm glad to see Mill coming back. I'm a, a big fan of Mill Muertes. I know some aren't, but I love Mill Muertes. I think everybody can't be Phoenix, Puma, Angelico. You know, you need different styles. There's a lot of high-flying guys here. But you need, you know, someone who's more of a monster type, more of a ground-based, methodical, you know, Big punches, big slams, big suplexes type of guy. That's Mil Muertes. And so I'm glad to see that uh, he'll be back soon. And uh, that's our show. Another great episode of Lucha Underground. They have just been on a roll as of late. And, and continuing that roll. And I'm looking very forward to next week to see how Alberto Alpatron and Hernandez turns out. Uh, until then, and we're going to ha have that show. Like I said, I'm hoping by the end of the weekend... We'll be talking about that episode as well as the most recent episode of Ring of Honor. Also, as we speak, 
I believe two nights have been completed on the When Worlds Collide New Japan Ring of Honor shows. So I will be reviewing those also uh, very, very soon. As I said, May is going to be a big month for ROH and New Japan. Uh, so uh, come back, stick with us, and uh, hear how these these amazing shows turn out. I am psyched for them. Also, as I said, I'm not I'm not forgetting about Shine or the Evolve show. I am running a little behind. I will get to those very soon. I promise. I really hope to have them by next week. Both of those reviewed as well. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you back next time. And until that time, bye bye.